Hello and welcome. Thank you for reserving this hour with me. I am Coach Debbie, your host, and I am the owner of Story You Talk Radio, as well as the owner of Coach Debbie Writing Services here in Seattle, Washington. Even though I am based in Seattle, Washington, I can work with people all over the globe. And I hope you might consider checking out what I have to offer. You can find my website at www.coachdebbie, it's D-E-B-B-Y.com, www.coachdebbie.com. As always, I am here to help you discover your voice and to tell your story. And every week at 4 o'clock here on KKNW, 1150 AM, I think of a topic that really kind of pushes the envelope for writers, whether you're writing a blog or you're writing love notes to your daughter or you're writing post-it notes to yourself. I hope you're doing more than writing post-it notes to yourself. And, and especially if you're thinking about writing a book, Every time you are writing, you're discovering a little bit more about your voice, but you're also discovering a little bit more about yourself. And my hope is that you will take those discoveries, see what your great gifts are around that, and write your book. And I would be delighted to talk with you, find out if we are a good match, and if I might be your coach for that. I promise you, if you keep hanging out with me on Thursdays at 4 o'clock, you are going to come up with more and more stories about the life that you can influence in another person and also about the life you are living that you might consider sharing. Why don't we say hi now to my wonderful and talented engineer, Eric Ryder. How are you today? Hey, happy Thursday, Debbie. I'm doing great. Oh, I am so glad. And, you know, sometimes there's a slightly rowdy bunch coming out of here right before me. Am, am I right about that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we record a, a different show before yours. And, uh, yeah, they're a fun group, though. Good. Well, we have everything here, dear listeners, at KKNW. I consider myself a calmer host, but if you want a little fun and ruckus, why don't you tune in at 3 o'clock and see what's going on? Honestly, I don't know. Well, their show is actually Photo Talk Radio that you can hear Saturdays at 4 here on the station, and they have a lot of fun. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to tune into that. I'd love to know more about that. And they've got lots of stories to tell, no doubt, so maybe we can do some networking with you at some point. That would be great. I'd love that. Is that Bruce? Yes, Bruce Hudson. Yeah, Bruce, he keeps saying, I got to get you my book. Got to get you my book. I want you to talk to me about that book. And, you know, listeners, that's what I want you to be saying to me is is that you want to talk to me about your book. Whether you've written one word or you have finished the book or you're doing a new uh, edition of your book, I'd really love to hear from you. What's going on? We take two breaks during this show, one at 20 after and one at 40 after, and that gives you plenty of time to think about calling in, to think about typing me a little note, just to have a little interaction here. I always love that. Our phone number here is 
298-5569, or you could think of it as 1-888-298-KKNW. And you can always write to me at Debbie, D-E-B-B-Y, at CoachDebbie.com. And I keep my Facebook open. I, I feel like a pilot. You know, I've got the mic right in front of me, and I've got all these screens around me. So I've got my Facebook Messenger open as well as the question I have posted in Facebook today about our topic. And if you have not yet signed up for my newsletter, you can do that at my website, and you'll always know in advance what the topic is. I would love for you to engage. Today we are talking about honor. What does it mean to honor your story? What does it mean to actually live with honor in your life story, the story you live every day, in and out of every day? What does it feel like? What does it look like? I have asked you if you would care to comment on my Facebook page to please do so, and I will be reading those over the air and giving you a little commentary about them. I find that a lot of my clients tend to tell stories of their triumphs that they've worked out where they've gone through some sort of transformation. And they're, they're often talking about their values around family, around work and success, uh, sometimes about love, often about love. Sometimes they start by working out an article and they build up to a blog. Some people just go straight at writing their own brand. Other people, they, they write their own website. But I want to encourage you, if, if you ever feel sort of that gnawing feeling inside about a chapter of your life, a time in your life, something that was left a little unsettled, something that really called you to celebrate, something that made you pause, something that made you check out even of your life for a while, there very well might be a book in that. All it takes is a little consultation. Usually I can identify that in about 15 to 20 minutes when a person sits in front of me and tells me what's going on with their thinking. You don't even have to have an outline. All you have to do is say, I got this idea. And talk to me about it. And I'll let you know right away if I see a book and what that book is and how I would suggest you lay it out. And there's often sort of that feeling of it is a part of your book that you're really struggling with. And if you're willing to go into that story, you find that there is a full book. Now, a lot of people say, well, what if I never took a, a writing class? What if I never went to college to develop that? Well, it's true that, that sometimes when we go that route, we feel more confident. But it's also true that, I, I, I mean, I have three degrees around writing. Ask me how many days of my life I have not felt confident about my writing. Or as one of my coaches said not too long ago, and I, I laughed so hard. He said, I didn't know what to do. 
I didn't know how to call up Hay House Publishers and say, yes, I have half a book. Yes, <laughs> because I know that feeling. You, you've gotten halfway through it, and you're like, now what? So if I can be of service to you, I would love to hear from you. My calendar is open at www.coachdebbie.com. We're going to kick off the topic today of honoring your story. And we've got about eight minutes here before our first break. So go ahead and send in any questions you might have. But to just start you out, I want to tell you what some people online are saying about honor and what it what honor really looks like in the world. Dave Carlson. Hi, Dave Carlson. I have not talked to you since we were, what, 16, 17? Great to see you here. This is one of my old junior high and high school buddies. He says, honor is my boy serving his country. Honor is me serving my country. Honor is any service you can do for the good of all. Rotary Club, your little league, Girl Scouts, etc. You get the idea. Honor. It's, it's, Dave, if I may, I think what you're saying is it's standing strong in the position of service. Sort of putting that ego aside and saying, I have shown up in the tallest capacity that I know to serve for some kind that is bigger than me, some situation bigger than me, some, might we even say, organization bigger than me. Elaine Evans, so nice to see you here all the way from Vancouver, Washington. Elaine says, honor is standing besides those who cannot protect themselves. Elaine, that's beautiful. Elaine is a wonderful painter. Look her up. Elaine Evans, she's based out of Vancouver, Washington. Standing beside those, how did you say that? Oh, now I've got all these fun emojis on my screen. I need to see the words. Honor is standing beside those who cannot protect themselves. So that could be someone youthful, someone vulnerable, someone with a special need. Could even be someone that doesn't know the language. Uh, someone that's just stepped foot into this country for the first time. A lot, a lot of situations there. Someone that you might protect that condition of vulnerability. Very good. So you kind of get the idea. Honor is when we are serving. We are serving something bigger than just ourselves. Aristotle said this. I really like this. You will never do anything in this world without courage. It is the greatest quality of the mind next to honor. I like that. You will never do anything in this world without courage. It is the greatest quality of the mind next to honor. So, of course, if we're cheating our way through the world, we don't need courage. But if we're standing strong in our values, standing strong in our humanity, we're using courage. And Aristotle suggests 
This is the greatest quality next to, and he only mentions one thing, honor. So you might be wondering, well, then if honor is so great, if it's so wonderful, if it's readily available to someone as young as a Girl Scout, then why are we not doing it every single moment, every single day, every single situation? And there's very good reason for that. I would love for you to ponder that for a minute. Writers are constantly pondering this. They're constantly looking at where does honor exist? Where does honor exist in my life journey, in my own patterns, in the way I show up in my day? How am I, as a writer, someone who is honorable, How do I offer honor in my story? I want you to think about the idea that sometimes honor is existing behind a block. So think of it like this. Think if you live in your own castle, let's say, and there's a moat around you, a big body of water around you. And the only way to leave the castle and explore the terrain of the, the empire, the city, everything beyond you, is to lower that drawbridge and cross it. That's the only way out of that castle with all that water around you. Consider that in our conversation here, if that drawbridge was our metaphor. If you hang out with me, you'll find I use this metaphor a lot. If that drawbridge was the metaphor, it is the thing that allows passage. Now, when the drawbridge is up, nobody can visit you in your castle and you cannot leave your castle, right? Drawbridge has to be down. So think of the idea that honor could be that thing that we have put opposite us and the drawbridge. We have the power to lower the drawbridge and cross over into the city of honor, to leave our little ego castle where we sort of run our own little world and go into something bigger, the bigger city, the bigger area, but we have to be willing to let down that drawbridge and cross and go forth. And a lot of us aren't really ready. And sometimes there's very good reason for that. Sometimes there's a lot of feelings around abandonment or loss or resentment. Sometimes we feel cheated. I've even heard myself share a story and and say I was shattered. I've heard that word come out of my mouth. And let me tell you, when I'm shattered, I'm holed up tight in my little castle, insulated and isolated, and there ain't no drawbridge down. Mm -mm. Nobody's coming, nobody's going. No. And that's when I am not thinking about honor. I'm not practicing my courage. I'm not really stepping into my writer's voice. I've kind of left my story. I don't want to make it small and say that that's an easy thing to do. 
I actually want to make it big. I want you to understand how big it is, to really exercise the power of letting that drawbridge down and allowing access again. It takes a lot, especially if you are dealing with these big feelings of loss and resentment. It's big. We're going to come back, and when we do, we are going to look at a real live story that was inspired by Carla Kay. And let me tell you, this is a story of courage and honor. We will be right back after this. Every winter, up to 20 million tons of salt are applied to U.S. roads. Road salt can keep drivers safe. But when too much salt is applied on roads, it can pollute streams, kill fish, and increase salt levels in our drinking water. The good news is we can protect water quality and keep drivers safe. You can help. Join the Isaac Walton League's Winter Salt Watch to receive a free stream test kit. Then, simply dip the test strip in your stream to measure the salt level. Use your smartphone to share your results on the Winter Salt Watch map. If the salt levels in your stream are too high, the Isaac Walton League can share ways other communities are reducing salt usage. Ask for your free test kit today. To get yours, go to saltwatch.org. That's saltwatch.org. If you talk it We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how. And we tell them, with honest conversations, that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I am your host, Coach Debbie, and thank you for joining me today as we talk about honor, honoring your story, and what does honor even look like? I work here out of the Seattle area, and I help you write your book. And if you haven't heard of my upcoming program, I want to let you know I have three spots left for people who are ready to share their stories. I work as a coach. I have been a professor of writing for 22 years, and I lead you through a pretty heroic journey of expressing yourself through either a collection of stories, a collection of articles, and my favorite, your book. And my feeling is that this is always the year to get that book written. I mean, the, the more you put it off, 
the more you're going to go through what I call tear, (laughs) true, honest tear, that it's been so long. I've been thinking about it so long. Now, how do I get started on it? Well, I invite you, start it this year. You can always contact me at www.coachdebbie, and that's D-E-B-B-Y dot com. And I promise you in 15 or 20 minutes, we will have a consultation and figure out what that book is really about. That's really my sweet spot, is figuring out that whole book. We're talking today about honoring your story, and I was so touched when I went on Facebook and I saw my dear Carla Kay had posted a story of honor. And this is a story that has lived inside of her for 10 years. There's nothing wrong with waiting a year or two or three before you go completely and totally public. She's been writing about this story for a long time. She's been living this story for a long time time. But something moved her to say, I'm going to go public and see what it feels like to really honor my husband and his service and what our family experienced. When I went online, I saw a picture of her with her husband at a time 10 years ago when he was very sick. He had worked for the Bellevue Police Department for 15 years and as a police officer for 21 years. He was a lieutenant here in Bellevue. And this was a very, very important day that she posted on Facebook. It was a picture of Chris, and it was not a picture that I recognized Chris in. In other words, I thought I knew Chris very, very well. But I did not know when I first looked at the picture that the man whose arms she was holding, I did not recognize that that was Chris. Yet I had seen him only a month before. Chris was very sick at that time with cancer. He had lost 70 pounds, but this was a very, very important day when the men from the Bellevue Police Department were coming and they were, they were honoring him with a new status as commander. They were bringing him an award. And Chris was getting dressed for this and Carla noticed that he was absolutely just swimming in his uniform. It was so big. And any of you that, that know cancer know that that is definitely one of the, the glaring side effects, is the physical withering. So J.J. stepped up and brought a smaller suit for Chris to wear, and still, that was way too big. And this was sort of a breaking point for some of the family. One of the scariest things when you're, you're battling cancer is how your body shuts off and shuts down. But part of the reason this story is so important is because Chris had prepared a speech. And the cancer was around his heart and his lungs. But when he stood up, he gave a speech 
that, as Carla put it, it transfixed us. He gave his very best speech. And there was this outpour of massive respect. Carla says, I was super proud of him. Our marriage was not easy. And I remember looking back on this day and feeling so proud that he was able to say what he wanted to say. And yet this was a man in the last days. So I want you to take this in. Clearly, I cannot help but take it in. This was a beautiful man. (laughs) And 10 years later, Carla returned with a story. And it's a story of honor. I've known Carla since I was 12. And there's a lot I knew that we would go through together. But there's a lot of stories that you just don't know are coming around the corner. You have no idea. And they change your life forever. She said to me on the phone, She said, there's the life up until that point, and then there's our life now. And we keep getting further and further from that point. I hope you can hear that I am mustering everything I've got to not completely fall apart. Because every time I visit this story, I'm transfixed. Strangers are transfixed. We all share these stories. We can't help but share these stories. Because we know what loss is. But when we share these stories, when we have the courage to post a story like this, we are honoring. We are honoring at the highest level we know how. We are saying my story matters 
but my story matters because it's the same story. Different chapters, different details, but it's the same story that lives in all of us. We all know what it's like to care, to love, and to lose. We all know that story. And the most courageous thing you can do, according to Aristotle, is to not settle for being courageous, but to look toward honor and to find honor. And you, my friends, you are honorable when you decide that your story matters so much that you're going to commit it to pen and paper and take that story down. It's up to you when you share it with others. It's up to you who those others are. But I promise you, when you take a story from your heart and you share it, you reach people and you ask people to elevate their lives. You ask people to be more courageous. It's human nature. If we all took responsibility for ourselves, as Louise Hay once said, if we were all willing to be honorable toward ourselves, she has this great quote My self esteem is high because I honor who I am. I look in the mirror, I see myself, and I say, I love you. Do you know how hard that is to do? Have you ever tried that one? First time I tried it, I was like, I, I'm going to work. <laughs> I remember I couldn't quite get it out. I was like, you're cool. I'm off. I'm going. There's this lack of honoring that happens because of our busyness, because of the way that we just get up and go. But when we find ourselves in a place of coming home, coming back to who we really are, being very courageous in our own lives, honoring ourselves becomes second nature. We develop a self-esteem and a self-confidence and a self-worth that we just naturally came into this world with as a tiny little baby. Have you ever seen a little tiny baby, a little one-month-old baby that lacked self-esteem? That was like, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, no. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen a little baby act like, oh, don't, don't. Don't dote over me. I don't want any attention. No. They just swallow up every little last bit of love you want to reflect back to them. When a baby comes into the world, we practice honor. And we do it with absolute nature. There's nothing, there's nothing we have to rehearse. You put a baby in front of someone and you're watching honor. But for some reason, we step away from that. And then it's in these big, 
big, big moments when we're enduring a lot of loss, that we find ourselves back and be invited to see what is honor again. It is in these huge chapters of our life that we are reunited with honor. But just like I said earlier, sometimes we have this drawbridge between the castle that we live in and the areas beyond where we create these massive blocks. And often it's, it's understandable. It's understandable. We're going through loss. We're going through challenge. You might feel shattered. And yet at the same time, to return to honor means to be willing to let that drawbridge down and to be affected again and to participate again and to step up to the challenge again and to say the words again that fell on deaf ears before but to try again to say it a new way. Honor is to bring a suit to a man so that he will feel confident offering his final speech. As Carla said, this was his retirement party. It was a very sad day, but it was a day full of honor, and it was a day when people were transfixed by a man's speech, by a dying man's speech. And as you could imagine, no one there wanted to admit that before them, this man with such courage was, in fact, leaving us. These are very, very challenging times to go into your story. When it's all happening, nobody expects you to be public. But sometimes when it's all happening, there are these moments, like when you're given an award as a commander, that you muscle your way through and you find a way to be public. It was incredibly courageous of Chris, but think of all that he had already been through. He found it within himself to say those words that would matter to people. And so 10 years later, there's this stepping forward and this honoring of a man who had served for 21 years as a loyal police officer. And yet he found the strength in the fourth stage of his illness to deliver a speech, to tell a story. And it changed people. So I want to encourage you. Think about the fact that you don't have to be sick. You don't have to be exiting this world. 
You don't have to be stuck. You don't have to be scared. But if you've got a story, it serves you to share it. It serves you to take out the pen and paper and write it down because your story is honored when you share it. Maybe there's just one person in the world you're ready to share that story with. I always tell my clients when they come to me and say, thank you for taking this time to listen to my story. I always tell them, it's an honor. It's an honor to be the one that gets to witness your story. And just like today, sometimes, you know, I sit there and blubber all over the place. (laughs) Uh, But that's the truth. That's the truth of our stories. They get to us because we're all human. We're all connected by these stories. Do you need a tissue? I do. I hope you'll come back to me. We're going to take a little break here. And we'll be right back with Story You Talk Radio. Did you know as many as 15 million Americans have been diagnosed with COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease? Sadly, COPD is the third most common cause of death in the United States. Hi, I'm Representative Cindy Rhee from Washington. As many as 12 million adults may have COPD and not know it. COPD could include wheezing, cough, chest tightness, and shortness of breath, and it can vary from day to day. COPD is a disease that can worsen over time, and patients may experience flare-ups. Flare-ups can increase shortness of breath and uncontrollable coughing and may lead to hospitalization or even death. While COPD is not curable, there are treatments available to help you breathe better and prevent flare-ups. If you or a loved one has COPD, please talk with your doctor to create an action plan that fits your lifestyle. For more information, please visit womeningovernment.org. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Bored with the other stations? Hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. If you're just joining me, you missed my cry fest, but... I'm not going to repeat it for you. I'm sorry. We are honoring 
our stories. And some of these stories are really deep. And some of them, some of them are, are less. And, and I don't want to say less worthy, not at all. I just mean they're more a part of our everyday life. But stories are worthy of our honor. I am so happy that I am getting people to write in here. So I want to read, um, Missy has written to us from Edmonds, Washington. Uh, Missy says, don't worry about a thing. I cry through every movie. Thank you, Missy. Thank you, truly. (laughs) She says, I hope this is good material for your radio show. Not too long ago, my mother and I were walking at evening, dusk, and we passed by a homeless man. As we walked past him, I clutched to my to-go order, and I thought to myself, he needs this more than me. My mother noticed me and said, are you afraid you're going to drop that thing? And I said, no, I just don't want to give in to giving this great meal away. It was so good. And my mother said, what is the harm? Give it to him. At that moment, I too was a little bit changed, and I realized how I sort of clench to things that I don't really need. Is this what you're talking about when you speak of honor in our everyday life? Wow. Thank you, Missy. Uh, From Edmonds. Asking about honor in our everyday life. You know, yes. This is a chance. You, You were given what we would say on the hero's journey, an opportunity to answer a a call to do something different. You and your mother were having a walk. You had just enjoyed some food. You were savoring the idea that that food could come home with you. And yet when you saw the homeless man, I'm going to say that, would I be correct in saying that the quandary grew there? Uh, I love how you say you gripped your food. (laughs) And I am someone who loves food. (laughs) So I'm just going to say I understand. Yeah, those those leftovers are kind of sacred sometimes, yeah? We give them a lot of power. But I want to commend you on the fact that you saw through that. You realized that Maybe if there had not been a homeless situation in front of you, you would have easily taken those leftovers home and enjoyed them. But when you were subjected to thinking of things from a different perspective, you made a new decision. And that's really what honor and courage is about. So let's start with courage for a minute. Courage happens when you feel afraid and you do what you know you should do anyway, right? Courage isn't just, oh, uh, I did it because someone told me. Courage usually has some charge behind it, like I don't want to. I don't want to step up to that level of living. I don't want to do it that way. Um, Will there be any payback for me? What if my fear is too big? Courage is asking us to do something a new way 
even while the feelings are present. But honor is a little bit different. Honor is saying, regardless of where I'm at, I still have a duty. I still have a way in which I'm choosing right now to serve. Honor happens when a person is in their fourth stage of cancer and their throat is closing, but they know that delivering that speech is essential and they stand up and they give it. But honor is also walking home arm in arm with your mom, clenching to your leftovers and seeing that it would be very honorable to give up a high-quality meal to someone that's not going to get a meal. That's honor. You're honoring his position in life, one that is often mealless, right? One that is often lacking comfort, lacking empathy. I want to remind you, Missy, that as you walked by, your story could have been one where you honored him by saying hello. Your story could have been that you honored him by saying hello and you gave him a dollar. But what I really want to call attention to is that you gave him something you wanted, right? You gave him your meal. I realize you had a full belly, but you were also counting on getting more out of that later on as your leftovers, and you gave it to him. Now, on the other side, we could take the perspective of Missy didn't really give him anything. He had nothing. She just had leftovers. But if we do that, we miss the real story. Instead of seeing the story, we just go into judgment. And I don't, want, I don't want that to be the story, Missy. Judgment really is never the truth. That it was up to you to give him that meal that any good person would. That, that, can you hear the judgment there? That's just not the truth of the story. Honor is always, always about checking in with your truth. Remember, it's an even higher level than courage. And might I remind you, courage is something you do when you're scared. So I want to invite you to think about the idea that honor in your everyday life, honor is when you do that honorable thing because it answers the call of your truth. Ooh, I hope I made sense telling you that. I did not see your, your post until the break. And um, as always, we're not running on scripts here. So I hope that served you, Missy. I got just a couple minutes left if there's a, a boiling question down there, um, out there that somebody wants to send in. I don't have any right now. So if you type it up quickly, there's every chance we can get to it. 
Think about this. How have you been honorable in your everyday life? I want to share with you some of the stories that, well, just an overview of a story with my friend Don. Don is someone that I went to junior high school with. And when I was looking for home repairs and things as such. In fact, it was Carla who we were talking about earlier. Carla said, you need to look up Don. Don came to my house, made it go from shabby to extremely chic. And later he showed up and said, Deb, I've got stories I want to write. I've got stories and they're about my latchkey upbringing. You know, the thing I really, really love about Don, or maybe I should say one of the things I love most about Don, is that even though he is a wonderful tradesman, he is quick to admit that he did not have schooling to learn to write his stories. Now, there's a person or two in his family who did and is quite prolific, but Don did not. On the contrary, what Don has done is step into his values. He's really looked into the story of being one of many siblings. And he has created stories that honor his mother as a single woman raising all these kids, his mother going to work, coming home with the income to raise all these kids, his older siblings that looked out for him, the neighbors that fed him the good advice, the activities that kept his mind going. But he's also looking into his present life now, and he's saying, I want to leave these stories to my two sons. And that, my friends, is honor. That is a wonderful way to honor your kids, is to write down those stories where there was struggle, but there is honor, because honor does not die away. Those feelings he had towards his mother, a single woman with, Don, if you're, if you're on Facebook, could you tell me how many children did your mother have? Was it seven? Was it eight? It was, it, was a, it was a big number. It requires two hands full of fingers. It, it's shocking. The honor lives in his heart. It's there every day. But when Don comes over and shares with me a story, it is my honor to be the reader of it. It is my honor to help him polish it. It's my honor to help him get it ready for his two sons and if he chooses, ready for the world. And part of that reason is because we share these stories. I'm not one of eight kids, but I sure as heck have a brother. I definitely watched my mother go through those years as a single mom. I watched her feel scared. I witnessed honor in the day in and the day out. Sometimes we think our story has to be just hugely magnificent. 
It has to be so incredibly big. You have to have suffered to the point that you didn't think you would crawl your way back to your life. And let me tell you, those make good stories. Sure, let's write those, but it doesn't have to be that. It can be those, but it doesn't have to be. What's that book, uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul? Isn't that really about the day in, day out, good, sort of storyful nutrition? I made up that word, storyful. I taught writing for 22 years. I get to make up words. It's that, it's that story that just sort of brings you back home to yourself, those chicken soup stories. You probably have lots of those, and they're worthy of writing down. I hope that when you are on your drive home and you're listening to KKNW at 4 o'clock on Thursdays with me, Coach Debbie, you're reminiscing over some of those stories, and you're enjoying the ones that Dave has provided, that Elaine provided, that Missy provided, and especially this monumental story that Carla provided. Thank you, Carla, for letting me share this. And, and thank you for, for letting me share it in all of my vulnerability. I, I, I wish I had, would have been able to keep a, a straight face through it, but I, I know you love me anyway. These stories are what build those bridges of our community. They're what invite the new neighbor to come and feel safe. These stories are what keep us moving along together. And something that my friend Antonio told me was he said, you know, if we all took full responsibility for our stories, if we were all willing to really write those stories, really do what the Buddhists say and bring peace back into our own heart, then everyone would be healed and we wouldn't need to worry about world peace, right? Everyone would be healed if we took responsibility for how we relate to ourselves. And how do you do that? You're courageous. You honor yourself. You look in the mirror. You smile. And you let yourself know, I love you too. I don't just love these other people in my life. I love you too. You. You. That one that you are takes a little practice. You're going to feel silly at first. But Louise Hay, one of those great mentors of our time, She assured us that that is one of the greatest ways to finding your place in honor. Don't let me sign off without taking this moment to encourage you. If you've got a story in you, if this is your year to write your book, I have three spots in my coaching program. I would love to invite you to go to my website, www.coachdebbie.com. D-E-B-B-Y dot com and take a look at my calendar. Get one of those free spots 
and let's talk. Until Thursday, be well, be courageous, and always be honorable. Bye-bye for now. Thank you.